the podcast with everything paranormal. This is the 222 Paranormal Podcast with your host, Jen and Joe. What's up, Karate Joe? Karate chop I to almost, the throat. Yeah, I was going to try to throat punch him right before we started <laughs> podcasting so we could <laughs> burp. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so much fun being a podcaster. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. We had such amazing show last week. Oh, and guess what? What? This is episode 250. 250? 250th episode. 250. Woo! Yes, that's a great accomplishment. And we'd like to thank all our sponsors. Chirp, chirp. <laughs> Crickets. <laughs> no, we, you know, I think you should sponsor the show. We'll say uh, Jen's Closet, Poshmark. Because sure. we were just talking before we got on here mm-hmm. about all the new stuff that you have. Oh, my gosh. And so much. You know, people are getting their stimulus checks, so stimulus I yourselves. Oh, right over Jen's to my Poshmark closet. <laughs> I got brand new Skechers. Oh, yeah. Brand new. It's still in the box. Some still out of the, the box, box, but in the box. Um, yeah. That was a good find. So. Yeah. Um, but I have some exciting news. Do you want to hear it? No. Okay. Right. I'm telling you, anyways. <laughs> this is for our listeners. This is oh, for okay. you. No, I'm kidding. I'm just teasing. Um, ghost tour company that started in Williamsburg buys the Lizzie Borden House in Massachusetts. So the Lizzie Borden House in Fall River, Massachusetts, has been purchased by U.S. Ghost Adventures, oh. a company that got its start in Williamsburg. To celebrate the new purchase, the company will be giving away a ghost tour package for a party of two. Includes a two-night stay at the Borden House. $500 to go towards transportation costs. You know, it was the famous site of the double homicide of the father and stepmother who were killed, um, supposedly by Lizzie Borden, but it was never proven. There's, I don't know. Um, she died, actually, at 66 from pneumonia. Pneumonia? Pneumonia. Pumonia. I can never say I can't, those I can't say pneumonia. I always say pneumonia. Um <laughs> But, yeah, it. but no, that's it's interesting that, uh, you know, there's a new new sheriff in town um, on those. So I'm sure they'll probably raise the rates, right? So <laughs> I need to enter that contest. Then. I know. Everybody <laughs> everybody, go enter it. You could win no, a chance. No. Oh, no, don't, because Joe <laughs> wants to win it. But if you win, you got to take Joe. That's, yeah. That's the deal. You heard it here first. I'm a party of one. <laughs> Joe's a party <laughs> of one package. This is a big package of a party. He will entertain you for hours with his ghost stories. You know, a couple nights ago, where tonight is Tuesday, we're recording, mm-hmm. and on Saturday, I got to go downtown to the Spaghetti Warehouse and do a paranormal investigation with Toledo, Ohio Ghost Hunter Society. That's exciting. And me and Harold, the and then um, Dana, who's in the group also, mm-hmm. we went upstairs to the third floor. And I did the Estes method, and Harold was freaking out, saying it was the best Estes method, Estes <laughs> method session he's ever seen. Yeah, so for our listeners who are out from out of town, spaghetti the old Spaghetti Warehouse is a historic building in downtown Toledo. It's this huge brick building that's been there since, like, the turn of the century. Mm-hmm. And it was used for prohibition um, back in the 20s. And there's still, tell them what's upstairs. Well, there's tunnels underneath, which I didn't get to. I I even said on my Facebook Live that I was going in the tunnels, but we were so busy doing stuff. We just never made it down into the tunnels, and I really want to go in the tunnels, so next time. But upstairs on the third floor. 
so it was a brewery at one time, mm-hmm. and that was I think either before or after Prohibition, obviously. But there was an office up there, and they still kept the glass walls. They're still up there, but there's bullet holes in the windows of the office. Oh, wow. And it's still like that. So we were upstairs on the third floor doing the Estes Method, and apparently all the stuff that I was saying matched exactly to what they were asking questions about. Now, I watched the video, Mm -hmm. and... Once I can release it because we were there as guests of someone making a documentary. Oh, okay. So all the video evidence and that that we got, we gave to him and let him use it so for his documentary. But he said that once he goes through it, he's going to let us release what we want to. Okay. So I'm waiting, but I have the video. Now, I need to work on it because 20 minutes from the beginning is when stuff really started happening. Which is normal, you know. You're, yeah. You, stuff doesn't happen every like in the TV shows, right? <laughs> in but, the first five minutes before the commercial break. Yeah, twenty minutes in, stuff really started to happen. So I need to work on that. But it was amazing. I was hearing three to four different voices through the spirit box. Okay. And it was a kid, another kid, a man's voice and a woman's voice, and right off the bat, now it was me. Dana and Harold right off the bat I hear Dana and then I hear Harold so I heard their names right away before I don't even know if they were asking questions yet because I put the earbuds in and Mm -hmm. I put the noise canceling headphones over so I could not hear what they were saying okay I mean it was so loud in my ears that if they slammed a chair down I probably didn't hear wouldn't hear it you know so all of a sudden I I'm just saying stuff that doesn't make sense to me but once I watched the video back, it mm. all made sense. Now, the voices that you heard, were they speaking in short quips, one word answers, or was it like... There was both. Like talking. There was both. That's cool. There was four word sentences. There were, I mean... That's amazing. Yeah. Then Harold stopped me and had Dana do it. He's like, quick, switch out, hurry. Mm-hmm. Because I was getting such good responses from her asking questions, he wanted me to get out okay. and ask questions because I heard their voices and I know which is which and stuff. Mm-hmm. So she gets on there and we're talking and she is saying, all she kept saying is, get out, stay, we don't want you, those kind of things. Wow. And we were asking questions and while I'm asking that, the stairway was right next to us, mm-hmm. and it's an old, old building. Right. The stairs are actually wore down mm-hmm. from people walking up and down these stairs for, what, 50 years, 60 years more? years. <laughs> yeah. I heard someone coming up the steps, and Harold heard it also. And I'm like, human coming up the steps, because yeah, I just thought someone was walking up. Yeah, and you want to tag that in your, yeah. in your recording, right? Yeah, because, you know, you, you could hear walking around, but I'm like, human walking up the steps, and nobody came up. I shine my light down. The door was still shut. <gasps> wow. And I'm like, and me and Harold look at each other and we just kept going with the questions. But I played back the recording and under Harold's voice, you can hear the steps creaking. Oh, that's so cool. So we have it. We captured it. That's amazing. Yeah. I love that. So it's, I always say I'm the anti-ghost magnet, but 
that night I think we've got some really good yeah. evidence. Yeah. And he's already working on us getting back in there. Oh, that's great. And we're going to go as a smaller group. Mm-hmm. And it's a restaurant, obviously, that's running. So we couldn't even do anything. We couldn't run cameras or nothing because the other team that was there with us was mm-hmm. doing the documentary. So they were running cameras throughout the whole building. Okay. So we couldn't do anything in the main floor until all the guests, you know, the restaurant right. guests left. Yeah. Yeah. And they were they were worried about putting cameras up because while people were there, and I said, just tell them you're, we're going to record a documentary. Who cares? Yeah. But there's um, cameras in every restaurant now, anyway. Yeah. You're getting videotaped regardless. Yeah. Maybe but they just didn't want anybody bumping into them. That's and, what, and the wires and all yeah. that. But I told Harold, I said, next time we go, we're not doing any of that. We're not hooking cameras. And he's like, we could start at seven o'clock when we get there, even though there's people in the restaurant, because we're two stories up and you can't hear. Yeah. Or go in the tunnels. Yeah. You know? But I think, it, it, you know, being two floors up and the floors are 20 foot ceilings, you know, yeah. so you're up pretty high. And I think there'll be no contamination. But I also think with all the people in there may stir stuff up also. True. Now, there have been reports of servers who have seen an elderly gentleman sitting in a booth. Yeah. A certain booth. Yeah. It's, um, you know, and when you walk up the mm-hmm. steps and then you turn right and there's that row of... Yeah, like... we had um, a camera on there. Mm-hmm. We had an SLS camera, which, you know how... With a what? Yeah, they have, they made up their own. Mm-hmm. So they do, like I said a long time ago, you take the, the what do you call it, transmitter and put it on a tripod instead of having the, the camera. You're just, yeah. you have that running down to your main table. Right. So that's what they did. They had that. They had audio cool. recorder. And they think they had a laser grid on that also. Mm-hmm. Maybe not because I don't know if you can have both. But anyhow, they had all that taken care of. And I think it's going to be a good documentary when it comes out. That's amazing. Yeah. Now, you know, just for our listeners, um, Spaghetti Warehouse has been a restaurant probably since the 80s. I think so. Maybe the 80s, early 90s. And, and you can go in and dine in there. And they have a full-size cable car in the middle of the restaurant. Yeah. And then all the antiques. There's, um, you know, some of the stained glass that's in there is from churches like Mm -hmm. it's hundreds of years old there's a tiffany lamp i believe somewhere in there there's um antiques on the wall but i mean you're bringing antiques into an already old building (laughs) well one of the stories is that there's someone that sits on top of the trolley car really yeah i I, I learned that that and you know obviously they had cameras on that and everything too but i didn't know that i just knew about the gentleman in the chair or in the, the booth and then downstairs there's two other spirits that we try to communicate with and i can't say what they are because that's going to give away some of the stuff for the documentary but i think we did good i really do and uh we're definitely going back felt good to ghost hunt huh oh yeah (laughs) yeah i would love to i would love to investigate that place i think it would be amazing well if we go back you know you'll have to come with us because we're keeping a very small group the problem is, is that I would raid the kitchen because they have yeah. Cheesecake Factory desserts that they serve there. And I'd be in there and where's Jen? Where's Jen? I'd be in the kitchen full of like cheesecake all over. <laughs> hey, cheesecake. cheesecake. Ah. Walk in and you'll be full and you'll, you'll be hissing at us. <laughs> True. She's possessed. Yeah, cheese possessed. Cheese possessed. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god, I love that place. It's one of my favorite restaurants. I mean, the food is is good. 
I mean, it's it's not Olive Garden. But <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't gonna say it. No, I, I like it. I like it a lot. Like every time I've gone there, like it's it's just the atmosphere makes up makes up for it. But no, they they've been pretty good to us. Like we had yeah a couple family dinners there. They have like a a room that you can rent out and a private room and um but you know they we always have really really great service. Yeah, so appreciate that. But you know our topic today now that we've. 13 minutes in and we're right. um it, we're talking about another very very famous historic building yeah. now joe and i we're just jumping on the bandwagon because there's so much talk about this right now this is like the hot paranormal um topic for probably a good two months now yeah is the cecil hotel mm-hmm. in um hollywood california now for you listeners who listened to all 250 episodes <laughs> uh, know that I lived in Hollywood right by it. But the, the strange thing was, I mean, it was close to where I lived. I lived right. Huh, it's so crazy. Um, if anybody's been to Los Angeles, Hollywood Boulevard runs parallel all the way to the ocean or horizontal, whatever. It goes all the way to the ocean. So I lived right off of um, Hollywood Boulevard I first lived on Beachwood which is the road that you take to go up into the Hollywood Hills and where the Hollywood sign is so like there was every single every every single day tourists standing in front of my apartment <laughs> taking pictures of the Hollywood sign like every day when I left you know I would be like beep beep get out of my way and then eventually I got a different apartment and I was one block off of Hollywood Boulevard. Like I could literally walk to work, which is like impossible in LA. Um, but the, you know, I always saw the Cecil because it was near the exit where I would get on the freeway to go to Huntington beach where my boyfriend lived at the time. <laughs> and, um, but you know, it's always this very large, strange looking structure. It's humongous. Yeah. I didn't realize how big it was till I started looking giant, at the pictures and stuff. Giant. And, um, you know, it took nearly three years just to build this mm-hmm. back in the um, early 20s. And there was such a boom in early Hollywood. And if you ever go back and watch the history of Hollywood and, and how Hollywood came about and the influx of people that it was almost like the the second gold rush into California, yeah. but it was the the lure of movies movie and fame and stardom fortune. and trying to trying to scratch out a living yeah and it, it wasn't easy back then and after they you know had built this the great depression happened so it went from being a top-notch world-class hotel to kind of a place you would rent a room cheap if you moved to hollywood and had nowhere else to go yeah so there was a lot of people looking to fulfill their dreams and the Cecil hotel was the place to stay. You know, it opened in downtown Los Angeles in, in uh, 1927. And then it was designated as like a middle-class hotel. So these people that are coming to Hollywood, that's where they stayed because they wanted to make it big. That was centrally located right by, you know, where all the studios, mm-hmm. the freeways. And you know, it's, it's very, like, 
when you go to Los Angeles, like I didn't know anything about it. I just know what I saw in the movies. And it's not really like what you see in the movies, right? Like, yeah, there's the Walk of Fame and the Hollywood sign. But the rest of L.A. is just, and especially Hollywood, it's not a very safe place. Like I did not go out at night by myself. I wouldn't. It's just too scary. There's just drug dealers and prostitutes and tweakers and, you know, just too much craziness going on. But this hotel was like an anchor for thousands of people. And and didn't you try to figure out like how many people would have stayed? Okay, so there's 700 rooms. So I figured out it's, like I said, 700 rooms and... It's been open for a roughly, I mean, because it has closed a little bit, but let's say 94 years from 1927 to now. And I know that all 700 rooms aren't rented out all the time. So I just went back to like 500 rooms. Okay. And, you know, this is all very loose math. But you figure at 4,888 weeks that it's been open, if... 500 rooms are full of one person in each room. That's like 2,444,000 people have been through this building. So when you look at the amount of deaths that they have recorded, it's not that many, but they're very um, prominent, I guess you call it. Because you figure, too, you've had two well-known serial killers that they know of. I mean, that's... That's just serial killers they know of. There could have been other people that were serial killers. But uh, Ramirez, the Night Stalker, he lived there um, in 1985. He lived on the 17th floor, was it? Um, Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And he... Now, did he kill his victims at this hotel room or did he do... I I don't remember what he did... Part of it was that he would crawl into people's windows. Okay. And, you know, like a, he was a... The night stalker? An opportunistic killer, I okay. guess you say. Like the opportunity was there. You go and see somebody's window open and he would just crawl in. Okay. So do you think he brought people back or it, killed I, them? It could been both. I, yeah. I, you know, I don't... I haven't really watched a documentary about him Mm -hmm. just because he's so dark and evil. Like, I don't want to put that in my brain. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I can't absorb any Mm -hmm. of that negative. Like, I don't even want to know. Yeah. (laughs) But, yeah, I mean, it's very possible because there were so many transient people in there. It would be very easy for him to just bring somebody up to the room or or break into somebody's room. You know, there mm-hmm. could have been like a floor that maybe only three people were staying at. Yeah. He could have killed somebody in the roof. And that's the thing, too, <laughs> about this hotel is a lot of people stayed there that probably don't even sign in or anything. They just knew somebody that's staying there and stayed there with them and could have died or committed suicide then. Mm-hmm. But there was another serial killer, and I didn't write down his name. It was Jack Unterweger. Okay. Unterwager. He was Austrian. Yeah. And he. He came there and lived in the Cecil Hotel because of Richard Ramirez living there. Mm-hmm. So he was like a cap- copycat killer. And now I have heard that they think that he brought his victims to the hotel room and killed them in the hotel room. But who knows? You know, he, there's it's not documented. So 
some of the deaths that are documented, um, 1927, Perry Ormond Cook, suicide by gunshot to the head. 1931, W.K. Norton, poisoning. 1934, Benjamin Dodich, suicide by gunshot to the head. Uh, Sergeant Louis D. Borden in 37, suicide slit his own throat. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Uh, 38, Grace Margot uh, fell from the building. So did Roy Thompson. He fell from the building in 39. 1940, uh, Doherty Seeger ingested poison. Uh, 1944, Dorothy Jean Purcell and unknown newborn son. She ended up, now I don't understand how you would hide a pregnancy from your boyfriend, but she hid the pregnancy, gave birth in the room, and said the baby was dead and tossed it out the window. Now, you don't just throw your baby out the window. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That that sounds like he probably, because she gave birth in the room. Yeah. He probably got pissed because she was pregnant. And he probably. He could have. He probably did it. And she took the blame. Yeah. that's what. Um, in 47, Robert Smith fell from building. 54, Helen Gurney fell from building. Julia Francis Moore in in 62 fell from building. Pauline Otten and George, I uh, can't pronounce his last name, in 1962, suicide by jumping from building together. Uh, oh, man, lovers packed. Yep. 64, Pigeon Gouley. Mm-hmm. She was murdered and raped in the room. In 1950, or 1975, Allison Lowell fell from building. 92, unknown man, fell from building. 2013, Lisa Lamb, uh, death by accidental drowning. Mm-hmm. And the last one they have listed is 2015, un- unnamed man, fell from building. So a lot of people, quote, fell from the building, whether they were in arguments and was pushed out or what. But now, during the Ghost, ha- Ghost Adventures show, they did have a woman standing in the window like she was going to jump. And the window is like knee high. So if you were intoxicated or something and you wanted to look out the window, the windows were only like knee high. So it'd be super easy to fall out. Yeah. Yeah. And that would be, s- I couldn't stay there. Yeah. <laughs> some people were saying, well, why did they have the windows open? Well, you got to remember, it was built in 27. There's no air conditioning. So they open the windows. Right. Fresh air. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was. Okay, so I listened to this podcast show, and they had on a guy who lives in the building across from the Cecil Hotel. And if you guys go on YouTube, you'll be able to find it. Just Google Cecil Hotel. And it's it's really hot topic right yeah. now, this guy. And I forget his name. I'm sorry, dude. I forgot your name. <laughs> but anyways, he filmed the hotel from his hotel from I'm sorry from his apartment now he says he stays there because it's like super super he got like a super great deal on this apartment it's super cheap and he sees things in this building all the time now the building is closed right now it's closed yeah it is there is a guard and they don't let anybody in there 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 have been maintenance people in there here and there 
but he sees an old man smoking a cigar. And he said the old man followed him. So he went from one window in his apartment to another window. Okay. And it was as if the guy was watching him. Oh, wow. And then he disappeared, right? Yeah. Gone. He's seen lights on. And, I mean, it could be people breaking in there. It could, but they, they have a guard and they're, like, pretty tight. And, and it's up. in such a bad part of town, they're really careful about yeah. really watching the place. He's seen um, shadow figures, like, to the point it's so scary he can't even look out his window. Um, what else did he see? He saw something else. I can't remember. But well, he did see... Well, you're talking about how the, there's no power on in the building. Right. And he sees lights being turned on and off. Yeah. Lights on and off in different floors. And we saw that when we were at St. Joseph's. Yes. There was a, a closet. Like St. Joseph was basically the same style where you have a building, then you have the outside, and then another building. And we were looking across and we kept telling Greg, hey, there's a closet. We can see a closet with a light on. He says, there's no power to that building. There can't be power. And we're like, we're all seeing it. You know? <laughs> that was so freaky. But he has seen this multiple times. He's taping it. He's putting it on YouTube. And um, he, <laughs> when they were filming the Ghost Adventures, Elisa Lamb um, episode there, uh-huh. and they have the reenactors come in, you know, how they do the B-roll and stuff. The girl was standing in the window, and he was screaming out the window, don't, don't, don't do it, don't do it, don't jump. And she's like, no, 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 we're an actor, we're Ghost Adventures. He thought yeah. there was a real person that Because he's all jump. the way across the... Yeah. the the road or whatever. Can you imagine what you thought would think if you saw, you know, somebody staying in the window like they were going to jump? That's what they were filming. But that happened so many times. I mean, just in this little list of the known suicides, mm-hmm. there's got to be 10 times that that they don't yeah. have wrote and down. I watched this documentary on the Cecil. It was on Amazon Prime or Netflix. I can't remember. might have been Netflix. Yeah, I think they were saying, because in my notes here, they mentioned Netflix a lot. Yeah. And I watched that, and it was really, really interesting because, one, you know, it's always cool to go back and look at, like, your old neighborhood, right? Yeah. Um, and the former manager, she was the manager of the hotel, apartments and whatever, said there were w- way more deaths than reported. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a lot of overdoses because there was, like, a lot of drug addicts living there. If you guys aren't don't know what's going on in los angeles right now but there's 50 blocks now a block is pretty long right there's 50 blocks of homeless people skid row i guess you would call it it's like the wild west and it's kind of like this like kept secret like everything's going on there drugs gambling prostitution rapes murders anything you know beatings it's there's no it's whatever they can't you police it because there's so many homeless people living uh-huh. there and the cecil is right at the like the the start of that mm-hmm. so you had when it was in operation very cheaply rented rooms and people were just dying yeah a lot of people jumped and landed on the marquee <laughs> yeah so they would have to go up and like retrieve the bodies off of the marquee there's um you know when the cecil opened one of the places that a lot of people who had just come into hollywood they would stay there 
you know, there was the Black Dahlia. So, you know, she had been known to frequent the Cecil and she was at the Biltmore before she got murdered. But, you know, <laughs> it's just, it's such a strange connection to the Black Dahlia. Because when I lived there, I lived on the street that she used to live on. Mm -hmm. And the report was like, you'd be walking along Beachwood Avenue and you would smell flowers like randomly and they would say that's the black dahlia and it's so weird because like one before i even knew about that story i didn't know about that story when i lived in los angeles i was walking up the street one day i was just taking a walk because that's all i did i didn't have a job <laughs> i was scared to go out of the apartment but i ventured out i was walking along and i just felt like or smelled like these flowers like I've never smelled before. And I looked around, there was like no flowers around me. It was weird. And then, you know, her having the last name Short and my last name Short Ridge. It was just it was a very strange connection. And that's one of the things is they, people say when they see her, they smell those specific flowers. And, you know, she, she died in 1947 at the age of 22. And, they say that it was six days after she was seen in the Cecil Hotel. Yeah, yeah, it's really. It's so, what do you think is the reason of all the death that goes on there? Is it, do you think it's a possession? I, yeah, I really do. I think I think there's a lot of factors. One, you know, anywhere you have a lot of people coming and going, there's bound to be some mm -hmm. kind of tragedy. Um, hotels are notorious for suicides because yes. people don't want to do it at home. They don't want their loved ones to find that. You have a highly drug trafficked, trafficked mm -hmm. traffic area. People on the lowest, the lowest yeah. of the low yeah. that their life is, and I think it's. Then, it, then you have two serial killers in mm -hmm. the mix. You're. I don't know what the land was before that, but that's I'm, what I was thinking too. Yeah. Yeah, but I and you know it, there's been known satanist activity satan worship devil worshiping um conjuring you know any any of the mm -hmm. darker black magics um going on there so i absolutely think there had to have been some kind of like evil forces going on there because you have a lot of negative activity activity going on you have highly emotional times because you know, one, you're, you're great. You're traveling, you're vacationing, you're happy, you're staying in a hotel or you're in the worst part of your life. You're yeah. shooting up in your arm in a, a sleazy hotel, you know, like, mm -hmm. or you have a serial killers that are there and, you know, Richard Ramirez is a known Satanist. So yeah. There's a lot of that. Uh -huh. So I, I would absolutely say there's a lot of, probably trap souls there oh yeah for sure and who's to say the victims of these these serial killers their souls aren't trapped there too they could you know? be because you know even though they may not have been killed there that's where he lived and i think yeah. the souls would follow the, the killer <laughs> like hey everybody noticed this guy yeah he killed me you know and so let's talk about lisa lamb okay that's the big hot topic um her video of her in the elevator um, I know you guys all know about her. Uh, if you don't know about her, look her up. But it was very odd. So this girl, she comes there, and uh, was she going to college, I think? So she was a college student. Okay. 
She had been one of the, uh, you know, she had mental illness. She mm-hmm. had bipolar disorder. She was, I, I, from what I read or saw, she's kind of a sheltered person. I don't think she had a lot of friends. She wanted to travel. Um, but I think she felt a little repressed with that, maybe with her family. Yeah, and she was traveling by herself. Which is odd. And she was on, was on medication for her mental illnesses. I don't know. I just, I think that she had a psychotic episode. I really mm-hmm. do. Either she was off her meds or something, or maybe the meds were not the right meds for her. Because knowing from my pharmacogenetic training, if especially psychotic meds, if it's not, if your body can't handle that, you get worse. Yeah. So we watched the video of her and she goes in the elevator First thing she does is she gets in there and she pushes all the buttons. And she doesn't just like run her hand down the button. She does it individually in a pattern. Like she's trying, like she was confused and didn't know what floor she wanted. So she was like, do I want this one? Do I want this one? Do I want this one? And then the strange thing is the door never shuts. That is the oddest thing. Like, why why did the door not shut? Because, yeah. you know, every elevator I've ever been, the door's always shutting trying to pinch her bottom you know like oh no. and then she she'll come out after she hits a button she comes out of the elevator and she's gesturing with her hands but not in a manner of like she was talking to somebody i think she like she i seriously think she was having an episode or like you said she might have been drugged yeah and I, like having an acid trip or something or somebody roofied her she yeah like seriously very easily it's so prominent Mm-hmm. everywhere so please watch your drinks make sure you because you know bartenders are roofing people yeah. you know like who knows and being that part of town right you know so she makes some gestures and then comes back in and is hiding in the corner so she's hiding from somebody or something mm-hmm. so we don't you know there's speculation that it is something after her like a spirit but who knows and then uh, she gets out of the elevator. I don't remember. Do they show in the video? Do they show her getting out of the elevator and walking away, or does is it? No, it I never see show. that. It doesn't. Either they don't show us yeah. all of it, or or there just wasn't. That, that was maybe the only camera. I don't think there were cameras in the hallways. No, there was. We would have heard that, but you know, well, yes, yeah. they would have saw her walking yeah. down. But she ends up on the roof. Um, there. Okay, so it's, they say that. In order for her to get to the roof, she would have had to go through a door that had an alarm. But she also could have just went up the fire escapes yeah. to the roof. Yeah. So she got on the roof, went, climbed up another ladder into the and got inside one of those water tanks. And they didn't find her till the guests of the hotel started complaining that the water tasted funny. Oh, God. And there was black water coming out of the, the spigots. Oh, it's so gross. So people but, were drinking. But the confusing part is, is one, how it's impossible for her to have put that lid back on if yeah. she was inside the tank. There's nothing to stand on. There's no way to reach it, reach it once you fall in that tank. So, so but I've heard both stories where the maintenance guy said it was closed at first. Then he said, no, it was open when he got to it. Who knows? I mean, there should be a definite yes or no. Was it open? Right. But we don't know. 
But there was also the toxicology report said that she had no significant drugs in her system, so mm-hmm. maybe she wasn't roofied. Um, there were no bruises or anything on her body to where if someone knocked her out and threw her in there, she would have had heel damage if they were dragging her. Right. They, there would have been bruises on her body somewhere from either somebody holding onto her arm because mm-hmm. there's bruises when people hold you that tight. Right. And then to climb the ladder to the top of the tank, open the door, and then throw her in, there would have been some damage to her body. And they, the weird part is they said there was sediment on her clothes. That I didn't understand. Yeah, so like how did the sediment get on the clothes? So, but I'm thinking there's sediment in tanks, right? So like... It could, like yeah, a, I didn't think of that. You know, mm-hmm. like that's possible. And the clothes were at the bottom of the tank because yeah. she was naked. Yeah. Which brings me back to another thing. Missing 411. Yeah. 90% of the bodies are found undressed and in water. Yeah. You know, so I don't know. It's don't such know. a strange I too, thing. I think she, I think that, you know, just I'm speculating this is all subjective, it's allegedly. Um, she probably, you know, she wrote that she wanted to meet people. She probably went out and met some weird, you mm-hmm. know, person yeah. who was like, okay, I see this college girl who is clearly you know, alone, doesn't know anybody from a foreign, she's from Canada, so she's like, you know, like, doesn't know anybody. She probably was having some mental issues. Somebody probably gave her something or, or, you know, Mm -hmm. who knows? Something could have possessed her. Yeah. Seeing that she was in that weakened mental state. Yeah, yeah. That's super easy. I mean, Mm -hmm. You know, people like, oh, something can't get in you. Yes, it can. Yeah. <laughs> Believe me, I know firsthand. Like, it does. Um, it could be a combination of all three. Yeah. So I think the the hauntings in that place are huge. Yeah. I really do because of all that. Because of the strife. Because of the people that go there hoping to have their dreams and the dreams are shattered. Mm-hmm. Is it? And the two serial killers and all that. I and all the devil worshiping and all that, all the Elliot stuff. I seriously think that that location is very haunted and it affects the people that live there or stay there. Yeah. And even the surrounding area, mm-hmm. like all that negativity and craziness that goes on that, that energy has got to go somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> but know. with her, maybe it was a combination of everything. And maybe she did climb the ladder and jump in the tank for unknown reasons, maybe she was trying to get away from something mm-hmm. and she just kept going higher and higher. And by the time she was on top of that tank, she could have fell in. Who kn- I don't know. You mean, we don't know. But she could have been possessed by something. Who knows? Yeah. But Or, or some weirdo could have been like, hey, you want to go swimming? And then just pushed her in there and closed it like, ha, ha, ha. You know what I mean? That's like, possible. You never know. It could have been another. You know, I don't know if they ran fingerprints or stuff like that on there but it may not be feasible because she was in there for so long you know to run fingerprints on the outside of the door yeah yeah but it was just a strange strange situation and that's why you drink bottled water in the hotels people (laughs) (laughs) but we know that hotels are very a place where people go to kill themselves and i think that all the stuff that happened at the hotel maybe there is some kind of 
demonic or whatever thing going on there. Yeah, I mean, just Hollywood itself is. I I always call it lipstick on a pig. You yeah. know, you can put lipstick on a pig, but it's still a pig. Mm-hmm. It's a disgusting place. Like, <laughs> there's people who want to take advantage of people. Oh yeah. There's people who think they're going to be stars and go out there, and the dreams are shattered. They either return back home or they kill themselves. I mean, you know, look at Peg Entwistle. She famously jumped off the Hollywood sign yeah. and killed herself because she, um, you know, her dreams just weren't coming true of being an actress. And two, two days later, they gave <laughs> her a, a major part and yeah. she had killed herself. Yeah. You know, so the last few minutes we have here on the show, I want to talk about the Ghost Adventures episode. Now, I know a lot of you might like Ghost Avengers, and I kind of like it too, but I, the handling that they did of her, of Lisa Lamb, I think they did a horrible job. I mean, I really do. I, you know, like, if I was a family member and watched that, I would be horrified. Yeah. It, it was just a little graphic to me, like, seeing her, the, uh, you know, and it was obviously an actress, a real yeah. actor, in the body of water, just floating there, looking dead, and... I get you want shock value. And that's what that show is all about. But, you know, it's it's a very recent case. So, yeah. like. There's family members that were watching that. Yeah. And another part, they, I don't know the girl's name and what movie it's from, but they the girl with the hair in the front, uh-huh. they portrayed her as that with stripping water and standing in a giant puddle in the elevator. Oh, yeah. I'm like, yeah. come on, you know. Yeah. I just I I was I watched it, and I was like, they eh, really. But you know, with that episode, it would have been maybe different if they had tried to, you know, directly contact her. Like, I think they did. I don't remember. I was kind of yeah. falling asleep. <laughs> I think they did, but they didn't get any responses. But I think they should have. You know, obviously it's ghost adventures. They want to show the ghosty side of it. But I think they really should have worked on both angles of being haunted and having mental issues. Yeah. Well, and, you know, Zach brought in two pictures that were drawn from Richard Ramirez. Yeah. And put them in his old room or one of the rooms. Yeah, it was the room that he stayed in or lived in. I'm like, why would you? You know, like, I get it. It's for the show, and yeah. they probably paid him extra to do that or whatever. But still, like, you already have, like, a really negative mm-hmm. <laughs> space. Why why fan the flames, I guess yeah. you would say. And, okay, so another few things that were in that episode that I kind of want to bring out. One of the things is they used the SLS camera in the elevator that she was in, and they were getting when the, they were standing there and they were getting a figure showing up in the SLS camera. Mm-hmm. My problem with it is they're in an elevator with all its three walls of mirrors. Yeah. So the SLS was bouncing back to the person holding the camera. I <laughs> think to me, yeah. I would, and I, I, I remember that. I remember seeing the show and going, they're going to say that that's a spirit, but yet it's reflecting back to the person holding the camera. So that was probably them. And sure enough, yeah, they were like, they saw something in the elevator. I'm like, okay. it's full of mirrors. Right. <laughs> yeah. So that was one of my, and I know it's all about t- 
television and mm-hmm. television is different than real life ghost hunting. Yeah. But yeah, I was like, you know, you just have to take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. It's entertainment and, and sensationalized. Mm-hmm. I don't think I, I don't know. Like I, I really enjoy ghost hunting and I like ghost hunting. I'm not sure if I would go in that hotel. I'd be afraid something would jump in me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I don't want Richard Ramirez's. I think that it's full of ghosts. Yeah. I really do. Yeah. I think it's a very haunted location. And how are they going to, you know, how are they going to run it out? People knowing so much about it. Well, I think know? they're, I think that'll help. Yeah, maybe. Paratour, paratourism. Yeah. Yeah. But who's going to rent it out? Who, You know, I looked and I tried to see how much rooms were, but like we said, it's closed right now, but. Mm-hmm. In that neighborhood, I wouldn't want to go there and rent a hotel room. No, and they even tried to, um, they put like a boutique hotel yeah. on one side of it, trying to just, you know, revamp it and, and remarket it and that. And it's still, it. yeah, I'm it, not staying on Skid Row where I could get abducted and, yeah. and sold and just, you know, like. I could become a sex slave. <gasps> Joseph Dean. <laughs> You'd make 50 cents. Yeah. <laughs> but um no you know like that that's they they have to do something about this homeless problem in california it's it's ridiculous there's a 700 room hotel that's not being used yeah yeah <laughs> but it would turn into the carter hotel like from new jack city remember that no, where nino brown takes over the entire apartment building and it becomes like a um like the the residents or the people who live there are like trapped in there Oh. Okay, something weird just happened. Like something just flew behind you. Oh, okay. <laughs> that was weird. Hmm. It was like a predator type. Oh. Right behind Joe. <laughs> okay. Maybe I'm losing my marbles. Oh, it's time to go. That's a great show. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you guys definitely, I mean, it's so fascinating. Get out and watch some of the um, cool documentaries yeah. that are going on about that and you know even though i kind of ragged on ghost adventures watch their episode <laughs> zach baggins gonna call you yeah and yell at you i'll see aaron at one of the events and yeah he'll be like, he'll be like dude, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah and you know watch it because it is entertainment and even though some of it is really sensationalized you might get some good in- advice or get something good out of it you know yeah. you never know there's so many podcasts on um you know the Mer- lisa lamb i yeah. guess you would say so many i'm like people are dissecting it with mm-hmm. fine tooth comb like every second of her life they've dug into her pet you know like it's crazy the people are obsessed crazy obsessed yeah. with this well even in the in the uh ghost adventures episode zach baggins did a elevator conjuring thing from Mm -hmm. japan Mm -hmm. and he says that that's the reason she hit the buttons in that order and to their credit the elevator kept going to the seventh floor i know (laughs) and they weren't even calling it and they were the only people in the building yeah so allegedly (laughs) well no i think they were because they have such a budget where they could have security and everything Mm -hmm. where yeah for sure Unlike us, we go into abandoned hospitals, and there's always people in there. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that was, you that know, was, and I that was creepy, for sure. I hear of paranormal investigators carrying guns 
And I was always in the, always, always there. I was always thinking you should never carry a gun when you're paranormal investigating. But people are going into like these hotels or going into like St. Joseph's when we went in there. Yeah, that was scary. And I do know that one of the people had a gun and uh, because he's a cop. Right. He, no, yeah. And uh, they even said, we, you know, we found doors that were open. So Why we were there. Yeah, you got to be heard, careful. And we heard noises like we, oh, God. you know, especially like it was just me and like four other girls mm-hmm. and Marty, um, who was our tour guide type, you know, thing. But still, I'm like. You got to be careful. We've said it all the time. And oh God, just be careful in general. Like there was this basement full of water and yeah. like a 20 foot drop and a rickety old <laughs> rusted teeny tiny little guardrail and like if i mean if you didn't have a flashlight or something you, you could have just fallen and yep. drowned it mm-hmm. was it was scary yeah so you know even though like the cecil hotel but y'all gonna do it anyways yeah. <laughs> the cecil hotel i feel is very haunted um i would love to get in i would actually love to get in there and investigate but to each his own. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll stick to like spaghetti warehouse. I think that's more my speed, right? <laughs> but anyways, guys, thanks for tuning in to our 250th episode of the 222 Paranormal Podcast. We appreciate guys um, sticking with us. And for all those long-term listeners, thank you. Uh, definitely, you know, appreciate you being on this crazy journey with us and uh, looking forward to 250 more episodes. Yeah. I'll be 97, but that's okay. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> and if you want to ghost hunt at the Cecil Hotel and you need some equipment, please click on our link on our website, which I haven't put up there yet, which I promise I will, <laughs> uh, ghoststop.com. Jen's going to throw it in the show notes. So as you're listening to this, just check out the show notes and click on the link. Look at what they got. It's Ghost Stop. They, are, they sell ghost hunting equipment, and I think they're one of the best outlets to get the good real ghost hunting equipment so stop in there click on the link check out what they have and uh like we always say share the show with your friends if you enjoy it and let's leave in honor of the cecil hotel some sister suicide by 60 second crush all right everybody have a great week we'll talk to you next week bye y'all bye-bye